What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the J-Ham Special, where I love to talk about Magic the Gathering, Warhammer 40K, Dungeons & Dragons, and other aspects of my nerdy life. My name is John. I'll be the host for this episode of Magic Monday, where I love to delve into my favorite tabletop card-playing game, Magic the Gathering, and share with you guys different deck techs, strategies, card spotlights, and you name it. Today's episode is going to focus specifically on my venture into Popper and my first time getting to build some Popper decks and actually looking to competitively play some Popper. And so uh, I'm going to tell you about how that's going so far, what deck I am working on and trying to make my main Popper deck, and how it translates to a lot of other decks that I have enjoyed playing in Magic over the years too, and why maybe you might want to consider this format too. So without further ado, let's dive on in. So I feel that before I can even begin talking about my journey into Popper, I should let you guys know that are new or have not been introduced to the format, what the format of Popper is exactly. This won't take long, so those of you that already know what it is, stick around. I'm going to talk more about it there. But for you newbies, Popper is a constructed format where you get to choose what cards go in your deck. You bring that specific deck to you to different local gaming stores, the kitchen table, wherever you're playing Popper at, or Magic Magic the Gathering Online. I've got some Popper decks on there too. The deck size has to be a minimum of at least 60 cards, and you have up to a 15-card sideboard. So a lot of times, for deck consistency purposes, most people usually just build a 75-card deck, call 15 of those cards your sideboard, and the 60 is your main deck. So that's pretty much how that works. You only have up to four copies of the same card in the deck outside of basic lands or cards like Rat Colony that say you can have as many of these cards in your deck as you want. Those ones kind of break the format. Um, Rat Colony and Persistent Petitioners, I think are the only two that I can think of off the top of my head that say, hey, I'm the common rarity. You can have as many in the deck as you want. But I know there are other cards out there that do that, and chances are they probably won't be the only ones that that ever happens with. There is a ban list out there. Um, It's not as big as some other formats. And honestly, I don't think as much goes on there. Um, I mean, I don't think cards get broken that badly when it comes to Popper. I mean, sometimes they do. Arkham's Astrolabe was one of those most recently that really messed up the uh, the mana situation that you have in Popper. That thing really did some numbers on the format overall. And you saw a lot more of three, four, and five color decks where historically that hasn't necessarily been the case. So some cards do get banned, but you know, it's not as bad as some other formats. I don't think it's as wishy-washy as um, Commander because a lot of times you can see this coming outside just a popularity contest you would see on like Reddit or whatnot. Then finally, the most exciting and probably the biggest part that sets this format apart from all the rest of them is that it's an eternal format and you can use any card, provided it's not banned, that has ever been printed at the common rarity, be it in a standard set where it's been legal for standard, or if it's been in a supplemental set, something like Conspiracy, you can play with those cards. As a matter of fact, Conspiracy 2, Take the Crown, which is probably my most bought set, period, um, that thing had a lot of good common cards in there. And it even brought the Monarch mechanic to the game. So it added a whole new plethora of deck ideas and cards that are considered staples nowadays in the Popper format that were not originally there. So what got me into playing Popper? Well, most recently, I've got an itch to jump into Popper because of the price of the deck's cost. Now, I've been talking a lot about what your budget is, what your buy-in is for Magic, and one of the episodes I was kind of going over, I said, you know what? 
you can buy a top tier popper deck for 65 bucks, 60, 65 bucks. There are some that you can buy for 25 bucks. Heck, I've built a fairly decent mono green stomping deck for five bucks before using the popper format. And of course, cards that unfortunately are not gonna see a home due to some damage, wear and tear, or just hanging out my collection and not being played anywhere else. So that's one big reason why I jumped over into the format in the first place was budget. I started off, I actually, I got into it originally because one of my favorite pet cards, Jace's Phantasm, had been downshifted in rarity. So this happens every now and then where a card that's printed at the uncommon rarity gets moved to a common printing. Jace's Phantasm was originally printed back in M13, and I think it might have seen some play in another core set as well, but it was an uncommon. It was also reprinted in Jace vs. Raska dual deck as an uncommon there too. And then the most recent printing was in Iconic Masters at the common rarity. Now Iconic Masters is not a standard legal set, it's a supplemental set where you can get cards of it and play with it. And it's a good place for a lot of reprints. This is where they downshifted Jace's Phantasm. This little 1-1 flyer for one becomes a 5-5 flyer for one, provided your opponent has 10 or more cards in their graveyard. And so, for me, I loved it. I tried to break it in modern. I tried to make it work in so many different formats, and I did and do play it in modern. But where I started really seeing a lot of fun and a lot of shenanigans was in the popper format. I was using it with cards like Tome Scour and Memory Sloops with the Conspire, allowing me to put eight cards in the opponent's graveyard for one hybrid blue or black mana. And then from there, I couldn't get enough out of Popper, so I just kept playing it, played with some buddies, you know, just played it casually, played it against some modern decks and got completely stopped, uh, but did okay against some modern decks every now and then. And then I jumped over on Magic the Gathering Online, where there's a huge popper scene. They do weekly events talking about different popper decks and getting to play in tournaments if you wanted to. And I was playing a mono white um, kind of token deck that was using cards like Battle Screech and, and the like to uh, put as many tokens in the battlefield as I could and just swing in going wide against my opponents. So yeah, if you're somebody who wants to get into a format where the decks are not too super expensive and even then you can start off on a very small budget and it won't take very much to uh, upgrade it from there heck one fetch land right now can actually go through and get you a full popper deck if you really wanted to that's what i ended up doing is i got rid of one of the fetch lands i was not using and got myself a bunch of popper staples enough so to build a deck that i really do enjoy right now the other thing I feel like, again, is I, it's an eternal format, so I can play with these cards for years and years and years to come, as long as Popper is a format. And I don't see it dying down anytime soon because it's probably one of the top budget competitive formats out there. If you're a casual player, Popper's a great place to jump into. If you're a competitive player, Popper's a great place to jump into. If you are a budget player, Popper is a great place to jump into. It helps you get access to these cards and have an opportunity to play with some people and also play with cards that you might normally not see in different formats. The other cool thing though with it being an eternal format is I don't feel like cards get banned as bad. And even if a card does get banned, Typically, you know well in advance that this card is trouble. If you keep an eye on any of the subreddits, if you keep an eye on Wizards of the Coast or like their abandoned reserve like hints and stuff like that that they throw out there, well, you might realize that, oh yeah, no, this is a pretty broken card. It is doing things that it probably shouldn't. And if it homogenizes the format where everybody, regardless of what deck you're playing, is playing that card, then expect it to get banned or at least be on a watch list for being banned. And in most cases, that card 
is probably not going to be super expensive. Now, there are some older printings of cards that were printed technically at the common rarity that are a couple hundred dollars um, or fifty dollars. Heck, I was looking at some right now that were counter spells back in the reserve list days. And just know that if you're playing with cards from the reserve list, they're going to be expensive. But nowadays, the way Wizards of the Coast does things with their research and development or R&D department, they playtest a ton of different cards. And I've heard in different interviews that the cards that they playtest the most and probably had the most focus and intention on to make sure that it fits the mechanics of the, uh, the set and make sure it fits the theme of the color is common. Because more often than not, in the limited format, which is what they are building towards, they are building um, a bunch of different commons that people will pull. Out of your 15 cards you pull out of a booster pack, a large majority of those are going to be commons. So they want to make sure the commons are going to work very well and they're not going to be too broken. Now that's not saying occasionally they'll push the power or maybe a mechanic is just really, really good. I mean, look back at Mirrodin. Mirrodin had the affinity mechanic and people still use Mirrodin cards quite a bit. They created new artifact lands and some most recent stuff. And honestly, I think the best place to really look at this is to look at the supplemental sets, the things that are sitting on shelves that maybe people are not picking up because they're not standard legal and not be playing in a tournament. You can pick up a different, a few different packs and find some good commons in there that can be really broken. Um, and Wizards of the Coast can do that because it's not going to ruin the standard environment. So common cards are a really good place to look at. Common cards are great, and common cards get a lot of support from Wizards of the Coast. I've always heard a lot of people say, oh, well, yeah, this is a commander card, or oh, no, there's no way it's a commander card. It's way too weak in a multiplayer format. Well, that's fine. Popper is designed for 1v1 play, but I can tell you and I can attest that Popper is great even if you are playing multiplayer with some friends. Everybody is on a pretty similar power level. Chances are your budget is probably about the same and it does not feel like you're in an arms race where yes, I'm gonna pick up this Esper Sentinel that's 20 something dollars right now. I think it's $23 right now. It was 17 like a couple weeks ago. I think it's like 20 or 23 now. You're not having to worry about, oh, did this person pick up this now new and powerful card for their commander deck that are gonna completely wreck me. No, instead you're playing with a popper deck chances are they're not dropping more than 25 cents to a dollar or two on an individual card itself unless they're you know pimping it out and putting a bunch of foil in there so that is popper those are some of the reasons why i like it now what exactly am i doing what what is my journey leading me on for this format well as i did mention i am um building actually i did build a demir delver deck it, the focus of the deck is building Delver of Secrets, which is one blue mana. It's a 1-1. One, one. And then if you reveal an instant or sorcery card on your um, upkeep before you can draw the cards and stuff like that, um, it turns into a 3-2 flying creature. It also uses a host of other cards, things like Gurmag Anglers, to uh, help you get rid of cards out of your graveyard and make it a 1-drop that's a 5-5 five, five on the ground. I'm kind of thinking about playing Jace's Phantasm as well because I feel like Grimag Angler and Phantasm might have a really good shot playing well together, but we'll see. I'm not there yet, but we'll see. But right now, I just kind of put together a pretty decent bare-bones build of the deck, and I'm going to have these cards just sitting out here ready to play and have some fun with it. Um, the next steps I am going to take since I've got my full 70 card or 75 card deck that's the main board and the uh, the sideboard all put together my next idea is to build another deck or two 
to actually go through and supplement and have something for friends to play and try the popper format. My buddy Alex said that, yeah, he's interested in getting started in popper, um, especially since, you know, I, I built a couple different decks and showed them off to him there as far as like the power and synergy that you can get out of 14 bucks. But I would love to hear what you guys have to think about this. Hit me up at the jhamspecial gmail.com or the jhamspecial on Twitter. That's the official email and Twitter of the podcast because you know, I'm going to put a tweet out there too. I'm just curious. Do you guys think that I should go through and build a popper Tron deck, which I already have a lot of the pieces for because uh, I was trying to make modern Tron back in the day, uh, but I've got a lot more of the popper pieces for it, or... Should I build a Bogles or green-white hexproof deck next? Both of them I feel like have pretty good matchups. I went ahead and built a sideboard for my Delver deck right now that kind of can go against either one of them. So I feel like they'd be evenly matched. But I'm just trying to figure out which route I should go. You know, I have my Slippery Bogles and I have my Glade Caliber Scout. I've got Ethereal Armors and a few other enchantments that can work in a green-white um, Auras slash hexproof or Bogles deck. But I also do have all the Tron lands and I've got some other cards that will allow me to dig and pull out those Tron lands and make a synergistic one. And even then, I'm, I'm back and forth between if I want to do a red-green Tron deck, since I'm already playing blue-black as a deck, or if I'm going to build a blue Tron deck, which I've got a lot of pieces there for too. So yeah, please let me know. And that's where I'm kind of at my journey. I want to update you guys on what I'm doing in Popper. Popper is not going to be my main content probably. I'm still very much a casual, casually competitive player, but I'm, I'm going to be excited to tell you guys about what is going on with the format that I'm deciding to try out now. So until the next time, you all be good to yourselves and I will see you on the next JM special. Bye.